Welcome to the Literacy Bug Podcast. This is the fourth episode of the podcast, but in fact the first episode under the name Literacy Bug. Previously the podcast was known as Wittgenstein and Literacy, and the last episode there was almost a year, more than a year ago. Since then, the Literacy Bug website has been launched. And on that website, there are loads of new information and resources on the stages of literacy development, on balancing instruction, on assessment practices, with great lists of links, as well as a diverse range of recommended readings on various aspects of literacy development, whether it's adolescent disciplinary literacy or early education literacy or phonemic awareness, comprehension, and fluency. So I'm pleased to be able to turn my attention from the website and to the podcast. And hopefully, in the future, there will be more and more more regular um, podcasts. So we recommend all listeners go check out the website at theliteracybug.com. And whilst you're at the website, explore all the new features all the new um, notes and essays, everything that was there from Wittgenstein on literacy is still there, but a lot more specifically targeted at the teaching and learning of literacy. Now for today, I'd like to talk about assessment practices. Now before you go and run and hide, I'm not talking about assessment practices in the form of high stakes testing. When we talk about assessments and testing, we rightfully, at times, get quite nervous because in countries like Australia and the United States, high-stakes testing places a great strain on um, both students and teachers. But in the purpose of today, I'm referring to the formal and observational assessments that are conducted routinely before, during, and at the end of learning cycles. So we can take stock of where a learner is and so that we can best provide the most appropriate instruction that's required. And so the types of assessment that I'm advocating for are really targeted looking at particular skills, using things that are readily available and that can be delivered often to progress monitor and to uh, instill a sense of formative assessment into a teaching practice. Now before I talk a little bit about assessment more generally, I want to raise something called constrained skill theory. And that allows me to explain a few things. And it's probably the only bit of theory that I'll um, raise in this, this podcast. Constrained skill theory states that there's two types of skills that are being developed when one is learning literacy. There's constrained skills and unconstrained skills. Now, constrained skills are uh, before I list them, they're, they're types of skills that we expect a student to master by second or third grade if they're on the pathway towards um, robust literacy. So these include things like phonemic awareness or phonological awareness and phonemic awareness. They include things like the understanding of phonics, the understanding of, of the alphabet principle, and then through the alphabet principle starting to, to decode words of a a variety of complexities, as well as being able to spell words of a variety of complexities. And so as this individual is developing their phonemic awareness, their ability to decode, their understanding of the patterns in a language like English, and they're learning to spell, 
This then also translates in the ability to read um, effectively and fluently, so accurately, with proper rate, with prosody or inflections, and with literal comprehension. And so those are constrained skills, and they're easy to test. We either a student has a knowledge of the alphabet, or they don't. Or they can spell words of particular complexity, or they don't. Or they can read a particular amount of words per minute, or they don't. Whereas unconstrained skills are skills that we developed throughout our lifetime. We might encounter them from the very first moments that we're born, but they become more and more complex into childhood, into adolescence, into young adulthood, into adulthood, etc. So these things include oral language skills, vocabulary, grammatical knowledge, being able to use language in a variety of contexts, comprehension skills, comprehension skills of basic texts, into disciplinary texts, into workplace texts, into political texts, composition skills, being able to compose a basic paragraph, to being able to compose um, for a website or use um, digital literacies, and knowledge, critical thinking, problem solving. So unconstrained skills, these oral languages, vocabularies, comprehension, composition, knowledge, critical thinking skills, etc., they're a bit more difficult to assess quickly and easily. They require teachers to observe, build up, build up a portfolio of student activity and practice, to talk, to, to carry out surveys, to, to reflect and to sort of glean from expertise and experience how a student is traveling at their particular age. As a third area that we shouldn't forget if we want to assess, to take stock, this third area relates to things like motivation, the student's interests, their expertise, and their strategic know-how. So a student might be developing skills, and might be doing well on tests, but are they motivated? And will those skills start to fade if motivation isn't there? Are they developing interests? Are they developing passions? Is there something that's driving them to get better or to read in a particular area to develop expertise? And how do we foster that expertise? And how can that expertise be damaged if the curriculum takes them in a direction that moves further and further away from their interests and those talents? And what about strategic know-how? Are students not only doing well on tasks or perhaps staying at an age-appropriate level on tasks, but are they actually becoming strategic and starting to see the methods, the metacognition of how they read, of how they read efficiently, how they take notes, and how, what methods are better than others, what suits them better than others. Are they becoming critical practitioners in the literacy? And that brings me to a quote that I, I return to quite regularly. It says that an engaged reader and writer is one who is motivated, knowledgeable, strategic, and socially interactive. 
So the engaged reader and writer is viewed as motivated to read and write for diverse purposes, is an active knowledge constructor, is effective at using cognitive strategies to make sense, and are a participant in social interactions. So they're out there, they're going, okay, I want to get better. And I want to know certain things. And if I don't know something, I'm going to try to gain that information, maybe from a text, but maybe I'll ask questions from others, from a teacher, from a peer. I'm socially sort of um, trying to better myself. And also, I'm developing sort of routines and patterns and methods. So if I realize, oh, I'm not taking this text in very well in my comprehension, I've forgotten to sit down, make a point of what I want to find out, generate some questions at the start, start out, and as I'm reading, take notes. I've, I've rushed it. So we should assess a student's skills. We should assess their skills in the basic skills, the core skills, their skills in comprehension, composition, but we also should assess what knowledge are they developing? What skills and strategic know-how are they developing? How are they going about literacy? And am I satisfied with that? And so these sort of areas is, are consistent with an original framework um, that I wrote quite a while ago on, on Wittgenstein for literacy, but now that's, it appears on Literacy Bug. And that literacy instruction should be a balance of three things. Systematic support for the core constrained skills, depending upon where the learner is in their development, whether it's learning the alphabet, whether it's learning spelling patterns, whether it's having lots of practice to develop that fluency in their reading. Second, regular routines to read and to write for diverse purposes and to become more efficient and also more probing and more critical in those practices. And third, to bring learners into disciplinary practices, whether it's gardening or art or auto mechanics, and in those disciplinary practices, pull out and involve them in the language and the literacy of those practices. Whether it's the science classroom, of reading a science textbook, or doing an experiment and recording observations, or if it's enjoying art, and completing artworks, visual literacy, but also explaining and using the vocabulary of art in order to find ways of expression. Or reading magazines, trade magazines in an area, and using that, that trade magazines to develop a, a, a personal expertise that drives and motivates one. So whilst I start off with this notion of, of assessment practices, I've gone off on a tangent, but I really haven't gone off on a tangent. Because what we should be assessing are students' core skills, which are easy to assess in a battery of quickly uh, deliverable, whether it's informal phonics inventories or informal decoding inventories or something like Bear's um, qualitative spelling inventories or using a uh, qualitative reading um, inventory to... Um, to test fluency, but also we should sort of think, okay, what are these students reading in hand? Let me get a sense of how adept are they at reading with comprehension and writing robustly. And also, 
what do I know if I if I take a back, back step and assess the student? What do I know about their their interests and their expertise and why they read and what um, I can choose as far as content that will motivate the student and draw them into becoming a lifelong reader and writer. So that's it for today, um, for the first official real episode of uh, the Literacy Bug podcast. Thank you for, for listening. I do encourage everyone to go onto the website to see what's new at theliteracybug.com. And I hope to hear, or not hear from you again, I hope to be able to um, do another episode a lot uh, more quickly uh, than this one came to you. So thank you very much. Please explore and enjoy.